0: This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of
1: public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Rich Ev, you're on the air with the nation. The Nation. This is America with your host, Rich
0: Valdez.
1: All right, America, welcome back. I hope you had a great Columbus Day. I am Rich Valdez with an S. At Rich Valdez on all the social media platforms, and I want you to take a second and step into my world. So on Friday night, as you may have heard, the president himself, Donaldus Magnus, El Trompito, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente, Donald Trump, he decided to call into the Mark Levin Show. And he decided to call in early. So I was in the studio with Mr. Producer and we're sitting there waiting for the White House to call to establish a line because typically they call in like the last time we had him on. And, you know, the guy comes on. He's like, this is the military to the president. Please hold for the president or somebody from the White House, like switchboard or communications office will call in and they'll say something like, well. Uh, hi, how you doing? It's so-and-so from the White House. We have the Vice President or we have the President on the line. We're uh, establishing a secure connection and we'll bring them onto the line once they're available. And it's a pretty um, very quick handoff. Once they know that you're on the line and that the host is on the line or it's live, they, they put them right through and there's not a lot of time. So we had it scheduled for some time right after six o'clock because the President was going to start the show with Mark. However, Donaldus Magnus decides to call in about six and a half minutes early. So, I pick up the phone, I'm like, hey, Mark Levincio. And he's like, uh, hi, it's Donald Trump. And I'm I'm like, really? No, this is somebody pulling my leg trying to prank us. And he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little early. And, and we start talking about minutes and how much time we have. So he says, hey, should I call back? I said, no, man, let's shoot the breeze a little bit. It was definitely a good time having a chat with the president. And the following day, I was headed down to the White House. That is an alarm. The alarm goes off when the deep state is up to what they do. That's what the deep state does. And, and now they want my attention. They want my attention. They're not getting my attention. So I got invited down to the White House. And conservative activist Candace Owens decides through her Blexit Foundation, which is the black exit from the Democrat Party, to team up with some of the other peeps that are out there like Lexit, the Latino exit from the Democrat Party, my buddy Jesse Hogan, who we'll have on the show soon enough, and all of his peeps, to... Merge forces with blacks and Latinos all across America to converge on Washington for a peaceful protest, an actual demonstration, a peaceful march down Pennsylvania Avenue through the park next to the White House into the White House where we were invited to join President Donald Trump for his very, very first public engagement since the doctors gave him the aok They gave him the green light to hit the campaign trail and start rallying once again. Now, this wasn't a campaign event. This, in fact, was a back the blue event in support of law enforcement to acknowledge law enforcement across America and uphold the importance of law and order in our society. And it was being demonstrated by blacks and Hispanics. And it was really an amazing event to see uh, all these black and brown, as they like to say, faces filling up the ellipse of the Great Lawn of the White House. Awaiting President Donald Trump's remarks on that topic. And I got to meet so many new friends and see so many old friends. And it was really a terrific time. But despite it being a terrific time, the left never misses an opportunity to trash the president. To lie. And such was the case with a little-known website called hillreporter.com. This is not to be confused with The Hill. This seems to be like some sort of fake phony fraud version of The Hill called hillreporter.com with a tweet that they put out saying that Candace Owens, featured speaker at the White House event, paid for Blexit members to attend. Now, this was a falsehood because this rag printed this stuff, one lie after another. However... I'm going to make it very clear that as soon as I approached the White House grounds and security was very tight. You had the SWAT team, Secret Service guys, the uniform version of the Secret Service guys and the TV version of the Secret Service guys with the suits and the glasses and all that stuff. Tons of people, tons of security. Yet this rag goes ahead and prints lies like Trump holds event. No masks required, which is totally not the case. Totally not the case. Everybody that was on the White House grounds had to wear a mask. And that was by order of the Secret Service. And there was multiple checkpoints. In fact, I got to one checkpoint and they said, sir, you're going to have to pull over to the side here. And I I was going to make a joke and say, why? Because I'm brown? It's because I'm brown. Say his name. Say his name. But it wasn't because I was brown because everybody there was black and brown. It was because my birth name is Richard. And it said Rich on the invitation and it didn't match my ID. And because there was a discrepancy, they had to go and do another on the spot eight or nine minute background investigation until I was cleared to go and then move to the next x-ray, dog sniff, all of that stuff that they were doing, thermal scans, all of that to make sure that you were legit to get onto the White House grounds. So what this author, who I can guarantee you because I'm not a betting man, but if I was a betting man, I would guarantee you that this author, the writer of this uh, fallacious article was definitely not there. The Blexit event was a pro-cop event. The other thing that they talked about was that this was a violation of the Hatch Act. Hold on a second. The Hatch Act. The Hatch Act prevents federal employees from engaging in political activity. And it exempts the president, the vice president, and a number of their political appointees. Now, notwithstanding all of that, this wasn't a political event. It was a pro-cop event. It was to support law enforcement. had nothing to do with politics. The Hatch Act would never fit into this to begin with. But they went ahead and said that these were potential likely violations of the Hatch Act. They also said that Candace Owens, Brandon Tatum, the founders of the Blexit Foundation, were paying people to attend. Well, that's news to me because I paid for my gas. I paid for my ride there. I paid for my parking. So this idea that people were being paid to attend, it's BS. Now, listen. Listen. You guys know that I served in the Christie administration, and I've been around politics for a long time. Sixteen years ago, 2004, it was the election of George W. Bush. And yes, that was political, and it was campaigning. But do you know how many busloads after busloads rolled up with union workers from all over America that came to campaign for the Democrats? So when community organizing, whether it's for a community issue advocacy position or Or if it's an actual political position uh, that you're trying to promote through a campaign, people use chartered buses to move members around, to move volunteers around. That's a normal thing. So if the Blexit Foundation decided, hey, you know what, we're going to charter a couple of buses so that our Blexit members in Brooklyn, the black and brown people that are supporting the law enforcement rally in the nation's capital want to get a lift into the downtown D.C., what's wrong with that? That doesn't violate the Hatch Act. That doesn't do anything. This is something the Democrats have done forever. One article said they even forced them to wear blue T-shirts. Well, duh. There's this thing called Antifa that hates my guts. Yeah, they want to see me on a skewer. Lechon asado, right? That's what they want to do, like a little fried pork. I know how they roll. So listen, making everybody wear a shirt was for our safety and our protection because the D.C. Metro Police, just as the Secret Service was involved, in both different aspects of this event. And it was easily identifiable who was and was not with the Blexit event by their T-shirt. That's a no-brainer. But yet article after article, including CNN, because I know a lot of these were these smaller blogs that they're trying to make a name, so they punch up. But I've got to tell you, I really was taken aback by this because a bunch of minorities getting together in downtown D.C., up and down Pennsylvania Avenue supporting, and when I say a bunch, I'm talking about 2,000 people. They take pictures of the press that was there covering the event, which is about 10 or 15 people, and say, oh, it, was a, it wasn't It was really that many people, just a couple hundred people showed up. They must not know how to count. If you went by just the red hats alone, you were probably over 1,000. Then not to mention the people that weren't red hats. <laughs> so my point is, if you counted the blue shirts, There were clearly more than 2,000 people there. But the left just can't fathom that someone like me, Boricua, Latino, nacido aquí in United States from Brooklyn, New York, that I'm going to go to an event with other Boricuas, with other Mexicanos, with other everybody, Americans of different backgrounds that were Latinos, that are black, that are going to be there to support the president's message of law and order. It's not a political message. It's a law enforcement message. It's a unity message. That won't be reported, and that's messed up. And that, my friends, is the anatomy of a fake news article. Keep it locked right there, because when we get back, I'm going to jump into a little bit about what happened with Amy Coney Barrett, the federal judge that's been nominated for the United States Supreme Court, a new associate justice filling the vacancy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and we're also going to get into Joe El Baboso Biden. So keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, Justfacts.com forward slash Rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. Justfacts.com slash Rich. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on Twitter, on Parler, on all of the social media, on Instagram at Rich Valdez with an S. And Amy Coney Barrett, as you know, she's been nominated. Her first day of hearings for confirmation was yesterday in D.C. We're on day number two now. And what I find super interesting is that she has really been able to hold her own. There's been lots of attacks against her. However, she's been holding her own because she made a great statement in her opening remarks that courts don't have the right to correct every wrong in public life or public policy or decisions of the government. These things must be made by the political branches because people shouldn't expect the courts to do it. Listen to this clip from her opening statement.
2: When the president offered me this nomination, I was deeply honored. But it was not a position I had sought out and I thought carefully before accepting. The confirmation process and the work of serving on the court, if confirmed, requires sacrifices, particularly from my family. I chose to accept the nomination because I believe deeply in the rule of law and the place of the Supreme Court in our nation. I believe Americans of all backgrounds deserve an independent Supreme Court that interprets our Constitution and laws as they are written. And I believe I can serve my country by playing that role. I come before this committee with humility about the responsibility that I have been asked to undertake and with appreciation for those who have come before me. And she's 100
1: percent right. The courts are there to interpret when there's a constitutional issue, when something's being disputed. This is where they come in. And it's the job of the Senate to offer that advice and consent and say yes or no based on their questions around her judicial philosophy, her interpretation of the Constitution, etc., all that stuff is fair game. But attacks on her faith for being a Catholic, for being a woman that has 5 natural naturally-born children and two children that come from Haiti that she adopted, I think this is so underhanded and so evil to attack that because the minute you allow anyone to attack her faith, they're coming after your faith and my faith next. That has to stop. That can't be allowed. Now, what's interesting is that Senator Graham was, was very affable with her. He's affable overall. I mean, if I could just, on a quick aside, I can tell you a quick story. A while back, and he did call into the Mark Levin show recently, so I had a chance to speak with him, but he called back into the show a while ago. And this is a funny story because Mark was taking a whole lot of different calls, and I was working diligently to get Mark these calls. And time came in. Senator Graham called, and I'm like, hey, it's the Mark Levin Show. What's your first name? And he said, Lindsay. And I said, oh, Senator Graham, welcome to the program. He's like, well, you know, sometimes it's nice to to be treated like the regular folk. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And he was a really nice guy, very, very affable. I really uh, enjoyed it. I was thinking, this is a guy, you know, if he were at a party, I would listen to him go on and on with some of his stories because he looks like he's got lots of stories to tell. So interestingly, we're speaking yesterday, and he says – I've got quite a race on my hands. And I said, really? Tell me more. And he says, well, my opponents have raised $57 million to beat me. I had no idea that many people hated me. And then he chuckles. And I thought, what a happy-go-lucky senator. He's really uh, on the uh, lighter side of the spectrum. He really doesn't take life, you know, too seriously. The guy really enjoys it. And I thought that was pretty cool. Despite any disagreements I may have had with his policy and whatever in the past, he was a fun guy to talk to. And funniest part of the whole conversation was, I said, well, you know, being from South Carolina, you must often get compared to Senator Frank Underwood from, you know, the fictional character from the movie House of Cards. And he says, all the time. They always compare me to Frank. He said, the only thing that they've got right about Frank Underwood is that he's from South Carolina. And, I, you know, I laughed. He said the only uh, the only thing that would be accurate would be that a character like that would be a Democrat. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. So uh, kudos to Lindsey Graham. Good luck in your race. And kudos to him for running a pretty good um, committee to – protect Judge Barrett from the piranhas that are the Democrats that are there trying to pick her apart like they did Judge Kavanaugh because she decides to have a faith that believes in Jesus. She goes to the Catholic Church. And I think that's just totally unheard of. Uh, it's unnecessary. it All of it's just wrong. And I'm not going to beat that dead horse. And speaking of dead horses, and maybe he's not a dead horse yet, but Joe El Baboso Biden He had a whole lot of things to say. He's on the trail. And let me tell you, I'm watching one video. I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see a reporter say, oh, well, you know, we're here at the Biden uh, event and it looks like it's kind of quiet right now. And that was the beginning, middle and end. Nobody showed up to this Biden event. It was really funny. You want to see the video for it? I I looked at it from Eric Trump's page on Twitter. It's uh, at Eric Trump. Take a look at that because it's very, very funny to see this reporter. She kind of gets out of the way. She says, I'm going to get out of the way so you can see. And there's literally nothing going on at the Biden event. However, El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente, he is back at it. He's in Florida doing a rally. He's back in Florida later this week. And at the Florida rally yesterday, he said lots of things. But one of the things that I thought was best that he said was that he's free and clear. Now that he's been given the green light by the doctor, the White House doctor, Dr. Sean Connolly, and he's out and about again with his public engagements, he takes to the stage and welcomes his Floridian supporters by saying that, in effect, he's gotten the coronavirus. He's immune to it because he's got the antibodies. Not sure for how long, but he's got them. So he can't give it. He can't get it. And he said, I could go through the whole audience and give you guys a big fat kiss. And I thought that was really funny. So now that's El Trompito at his rally, putting himself out there, ingratiating himself with his supporters. Super. What does Joe Biden do? Well, Joe Biden decides, well, he's got to go in a different direction. Wait till you hear what he's got to say. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America.
0: This is America.
1: Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. Give us a follow, drop a comment, let me know what's going on, and let us know what part of the show is your favorite part of the show. We love to get some listener engagement going on. And Joe El Baboso Biden strikes again. That's right, because good old sleepy creepy Joe, Joe El Baboso Biden, he's out on the campaign trail, and he was in Ohio, letting his supporters know that he is an incredibly proud candidate for the Senate of the United States. That's right. He forgets he's running for the president. He forgot who Mitt Romney was. He's forgetting a lot of things. And Joe, the gaffe machine is at it again. And I want you to listen to Joe saying that he's running for the Senate. Check this out. We have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. When I am running as a proud Democrat for vice president, I'm running as a proud Democrat president so that's joe el baboso biden forgetting uh, that he's running for president now what's interesting is there's a lot of things that he forgets or maybe they're freudian slips because while joe's out there in ohio on the campaign trail making one gaffe after another he decides to speak about his words not mine nazi fags yep take a listen to this check this out close your eyes remember what you saw on television He's white supremacists Nazi sympathizers, carrying Nazi flags. (laughs) Oh, man, you can't make this stuff up. Now, listen, this all to me comes down to the point of enthusiasm. You tell me that we're supposed to just believe every last poll that comes out. Now, we've talked about polls in the past, and we know that polls come down to what really matters, right? So we're talking about people that are actually going to vote, not just registered voters that may not have voted in the last Lord knows how many elections you want people that actually do vote in these elections. So you want likely voters, people that have voted in the last several elections, usually the last three elections. That's not how a lot of polls are put together. They also don't account for all of the new voter registrants that the Republican party has registered. And in several swing States, You're talking about the new voters that have been registered outnumbering by three to one to the Democrats in favor of the Republicans. So those aren't included either. However, when it comes to enthusiasm, you look at people that pass out waiting for a Trump rally, that camp out a day before. All of that stuff actually does happen. What doesn't happen is people that actually show up to the Biden event. That's not happening. So you tell me, poll after poll after poll, if there are no physical bodies, humans, that are enthused about a Biden candidacy, how is he going to turn out the type of vote that he needs to turn out? He's not. No lo puede hacer. He's not going to be able to do it. He's not going to pull it off. He's going to babble his and slobber his way through this like Joe El Baboso, Biden always does. There is no match right now politically for the enthusiasm of MAGA, people that want to see America great again. Unlike idiots like Andrew Cuomo, Essential Andy, who say that America was never great, everybody knows that it was. Everybody knows that there was a time when things were really good in America, and we can get back to that, and we're going to get back to that, and we were getting back to it, and people saw it. That's why there are so many Hispanics and blacks that said, you know what? This guy Trump is the truth. We're going to go with this guy. We're making more money with this guy. He makes sense. These Democrats are out of control. Gone are the days of the JFK Catholic Democrats. Where are those blue-collar Democrats? Some of them may vote for sleepy-creepy Joe Ed Baboso Biden, but for the most part, they're not. Radicals have overtaken the party, and Democrats just aren't that radical. They never were. So I think we're going to see something really interesting as we slide into Election Day, but that's going to have to wait till the next episode. Like I always tell you, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to sit there and do nothing. So stand up, rise up, do what you got to do. Make sure that your voice is heard. Hasta la proxima. Until next time, I'm Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America.